Welcome to your Friday bonus episode of Mentors on the Mic. I am so thrilled to give you these little mini bonus episodes. You guys seem to be really liking them. And whether you've come here from my longer Monday mentor interviews or have checked out some of these wonderful mini bonus episodes, I hope you enjoy this. These are just either tips from my mentors or tips that I've learned along the way that I teach my clients in either communications or in acting. So here is your mini bonus episode. So a lot of what I talk about with my mentors is the concept of rejection, right? This is not just an actor thing. This is so prevalent in the entertainment industry, whether it's Rejection from a job, rejection of your work, of your film, of your writing, of your script, of your book. And of course, if you're an actor like me, rejected from so many, so many parts. Oh, man. So the, the trick, the, the sort of idea is to develop tactics for handling rejection, right? We become masters at dealing with rejection. And it's not perfect, right? I, I'm pretty good. I'm really good at dealing with rejection, I would say. I mean, I like to tell people who are not actors that are going through a bit of an unemployment phase. I like to tell them, listen, as an actor, we kind of are unemployed perpetually, right? So you're dealing with multiple interviews and multiple submissions and multiple like resumes that you're sending out, et cetera, over a given period of time. That's our entire careers. We're sending out resumes to agents and casting directors and submitting ourselves online for projects and having other people submit on our behalf. And we're going in for all of these interviews, right? These auditions and getting rejected. So we develop tools. And so this, along with a couple of my mentor suggestions, I wanted to share some of them with you today. So one is to write a thank you letter to them why it was a favor that they rejected you. So I did this when I was rejected from my manager. I had a fantastic manager for two years. I never booked anything with them and they sent me on amazing auditions. I guess I just wasn't ready in a good place or whatever, but, or maybe those parts weren't right for me, but consistently I just wouldn't book those auditions. And I also had an agent at the time and they weren't really conversing back and forth with each other, but I was keeping open communication. If someone got me an audition, I would send it to my other team. And I was close to getting auditions. Uh, I was close to booking. I think one time, one audition I booked and they kept pushing me off and pushing me off. And my manager was like, they're, they're just rescheduling the scene over and over and over again. And we never really seen this. It's taking a few months for them to reschedule. And finally they canceled my scene. So that was one time. And then I also got callbacks for a lot of different roles. So I kept feeling like I was on the precipice of booking, but I hadn't booked and it was two years of working with them. And then finally I booked a role on, I think it was Blue Bloods. I booked a role on Blue Bloods through my agent and I had gone in for Blue Bloods so many times. Um, but specifically with my manager, my manager put me at that, that office so often, um, Kamisha's office, um, yeah, Misha Bowling. And there's a point, I promise. Um, and I got the booking. I, I booked it through my agent. And I gave the go-ahead to, I told my manager, hey, but I booked this role on Blue Buds. I'm so thrilled. 
And I would love to extend you guys commission. Now I didn't need to, I wasn't signed with them. I think I was freelancing with them, but I wanted to because I wanted them to feel the appreciation, the gratitude that I was feeling that I, that I booked maybe through another person, but I wanted to give them because I felt like I had been called into that office. It was only a matter of time that I was going to book something. And so I gave them, um, I offered them the double commission, which means I had to pay 10% to my manager and 10% to my agent. Actually, I think at the time, uh, maybe I was even giving 15% to this manager. Anyway, um, I also got an amazing audition that week through my manager for a series regular role on Chicago Justice. And then I also got a third audition. So a second audition from them. So I got Blue Bloods, booked Blue Bloods, had a series regular role audition for Chicago Justice and another great television show role. I can't remember. And I got an email back after all this happened. I got an email back from my manager saying, basically a breakup letter. Um, Hey, Michelle, uh, we're so happy you booked Blue Bloods. Congratulations. We're so excited for you. It seems that your agent is getting you stuff and it seems like it's not working with us. So no need to give us the second commission, um, but we do think it's time for us to part ways or something like that. And I was devastated. And I won't go into the whole thing. If you want, I can give you more details on another episode. But one of the things I did to deal with that rejection, aside from, I think I emailed them again a couple times being like, can we rethink this? Uh, But one thing when I realized it was finally over, it felt like a breakup because they had been getting me such great auditions and I really had wanted to give them that back. I was, you know, I booked something and then that got canceled on me. And then I, you know, had all these callbacks for roles and I just they kept saying it was a matter of time and I felt like they lost faith in me, which made me feel like really sad that I wasn't as good as I thought I was or I thought it could be, I don't know. Anyway, so I, the, the rejection tip was that I wrote my, I wrote a thank you letter to them, which I never sent, never sent the thank you, these letters, but I wrote a thank you letter to them where I was like, thank you so much for letting me go. And I really, God, I got into it. I was just like, you know, I'm so glad this was like from a future self, right? So I was like, thank you so much because as soon as you dropped me, all of these doors opened up and I got a new manager and that manager and I get along so well. And, you know, they got me auditions and I'm booking with them. And I just want to thank you because I wouldn't have let you guys go but I'm really glad you guys let me go because it was the best thing for my career. And they always say that one of the best things in dealing with rejection or dealing with a bad time is as much as possible to not get into the momentum of maybe getting into this bad head negative headspace and self-talk, negative self-talk, but, but to talk to yourself in a way where it's positive self-talk, where you're talking about great things, so you could sort of establish a new positive momentum. So I would recommend writing a thank you letter to whoever rejected you and telling them how great of a favor it was, right? You don't have to send it to anybody. This is just for you and for you to feel better, but it really, really made me feel better. Uh, Another tip I have for dealing with rejection is a lot time for a pity party. Um, And what I mean by this, this this was something I went through with a breakup. I was sort of blindsided by someone who broke up with me, you know, it's only after a few weeks, but it was really kind of sad for me. And I didn't like being sad about it, even though I knew I needed to feel those feelings. So I gave myself a task. I said, I put like a ring on me. I never wear jewelry really. Um, but I put a ring on me. This is a few years ago. And I allowed myself to 
anytime I wanted to be upset about this guy, I would take the ring off and put on the side. So for the hour I wanted to vent or be upset or think about it, I would not have that ring on. But it was always my goal to put that ring back on my finger. And the idea is we should feel our feelings. We should bitch about this stuff to our friends if we want to, or we should journal about it, or we should give ourselves times to feel upset, go to therapy, you know, just talk about it, deal with it. But allow yourself to have that time and then end it. You know, don't perpetuate that party of that self-pity party so that you're just upset all the time, right? And if you need that, if you need a day or two to be upset, go for it. But once you get to a place where you're like, I just need to give myself moments or pockets of time to be upset, take, do something, do some sort of physical action. For me, it was a ring. For you, it could be a bracelet. It could be a necklace. It could be a hair tie. It could be some sort of thing on your phone, like a timer, whatever you need to do for yourself, but allot yourself time to be upset and to be go through those feelings and emotions and to talk about it, but end that time so you could get back to other stuff you need to do um, and be positive and do something else and work out and do all the things you need to do to kind of move through that as well. Um, my next thing is don't show your family and friends your work early. This is actually from... Amy Koppelman. She's a writer and uh, she's a writer and director. She directed and wrote the film um, A Mouthful of Air, starring Amanda Seyfried and Paul Giamatti and Finn Wittrock. And she also wrote the film I Smile Back. And she's also written a bunch of books. And she was saying one thing she learned on handling rejection was that she would not. She would say her writing is like her baby. She's like, do not show my baby when it's not ready because I'm not confident enough. I'm still in a vulnerable place. That stuff is early in my development process. And I don't want to show it to people who are not going to give me constructive criticism in a safe space. So she said, some of my loved ones who I absolutely love are not able to be there for me the way I need them to be at this point of my writing. So what I would recommend is from Amy, don't show your work early to people who are not safe for you to show it, right? Your mom may not be safe. Your loved one, your significant other, your sister, your brother, your best friend, they may not be safe for this particular thing. And if you say to me, hey, Michelle, I don't have those safe friends who are able to give me constructive criticism in a way that works for me then find a writing group and find people who are better at that because people should give you constructive criticism, especially early on. That's great, but they need to deliver it in a way that works well for you. And if you consistently, you know, you don't want to be too safe with yourself and your emotions, but there are ways of communicating this stuff in a way where it's like, I love what you did there. Maybe try this. There might be ways for them to communicate it with you. And sometimes loved ones don't have that. They especially, even if they're in the creative field, but especially if they're not creative artists, it's too hard. Um, another tip I want to say is this last one. Hold on to the good things and refer back to them as often as you need. This is also from Amy Koppelman. She said she was rejected. She said this, this is her word. She was rejected by every literary agent in New York. And it took her forever, in her opinion, to get published, right? It felt like just a crazy amount of rejections. And she said, listen, hold on to the things that are good, that are positive, that make you feel good about the thing you love to do. So for her, 
she showed one of her manuscripts to Joan Didion. She was able to kind of track her down and she talks about it on our interview in our episode in beginning of season three, episode two. And she talks about tracking down Joan Didion and she just gives her her manuscript and goes, listen, could you just read it and let me know what you think? You don't have to do anything with it. I, I just, it's sort of like a last ditch effort to like kind of just, ha- I, need, I need the confidence to know if I should keep going. And Joan wrote her a letter saying, like, this was great. You know, you're, an, you're a writer. Keep going. Or something like that. And she held on to that thing, right? Um, she had another editor that wrote her this really, really sweet letter. Like, this is not really for me or this is not really for us, but you're a great writer. And I just, you know, um, best of luck. And she was like, I held on to these things where people, especially in the industry, would validate her work. And so when things were tough and when she kept getting all her rejections, she would hold on to those and look back at them. So I would say the same thing to you guys. Look back at the good stuff. Have those things hold on. If you got a really good review on something you did, if someone told you something really great about you, um, if you feel really good about something in particular, hold on to those things because when you're dealing with a lot of rejection, you need to look at the positive stuff. You need to find the good so I hope you appreciated those tips. I hope you use them. Let me know. Find me on Instagram at Michelle, at Michelle Simone Miller and at Mentors on the Mic. And uh, let me know what kind of bonus episodes you want to hear next. Bye.